right, we are ready for episode 103 of Viking 360. Mike Rubin, along with Brian Johnson here. And we're going to, uh, of course, talk some Viking football. And uh, Brian, I had an interview uh, this week with an interesting man, Andy Robinson. He was Mr. Scoop and Score with the class of 1981. And they're having their reunion this weekend. But he had an incredible knack for scooping up fumbles and returning them for touchdowns. Ruba also chatted with a couple of uh, Vikings, uh, one football player in particular, Parker Boyd, who had his first career touchdown last Friday night up at Marietta. And also uh, Lady Vikings soccer standout junior, Michaela Riston, and she talked about uh, the uh, good start that the Lady Vikes are off to. And I talked with Tori Fisher. She's a uh, senior runner on the Lady Viking cross-country team. And they have a big event coming up on Saturday. It's the Covered Bridge Invitational Meet at Cedar Lakes Conference Center. Hey, Rube, I know you like Viking apparel, right? Indeed. I can tell you right where to get it. RipleyVikings.com. T-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, shorts. You will not find a better stock of Viking gear than at RipleyVikings.com. And don't forget that coupon code VIKING360. Get a 15% off discount. The Vikings dropped their second game in a row last week at Don Drum Stadium in Marietta. Coach Sayer was pleased with the effort, even though it resulted in a loss. Oh, yeah, we played a lot harder. And, uh, you know, Marietta was a good football team. We still made too many mistakes, but we played a heck of a lot harder. And, uh, you know, we were in the game. You just uh, – we were without three, four, five starters, depending upon which – special team or offense or defense you're looking at but you know kids stepped up and played hard but we have to play smarter and we have to be better and tougher mentally as the game goes along the vikings open the game with a 15 play drive that spanned nine minutes and 11 seconds of the opening period clock they came up empty however when ty stevens was stopped on fourth down by a great play by linebacker zach bartlett Ryan Simon, the Viking offensive coordinator, is, is going to be uh, fourth down and about three and a half yards to go, 3.15 to go on the moving uh, first quarter clock here at Marietta. What would equate to about a 21-yard field goal? They're going to go for it. So this is this would be a big, big stand for Marietta if they're able to keep the Vikings off the board. They've had the football the entire quarter as we tick under three minutes remaining. Here in the first quarter, that's one way to keep the high-powered offense off the field. Pistol formation, Stevens. Looks like he's going to be a keeper. They got it blocked up. He turns upfield, can't get there. He will get to the one. Zach Bartlett brings him down. And the Vikings walk away empty-handed on what was a tremendous drive. After the big defensive stand, the Tigers then took the ball 98 yards on nine plays to open the scoring. Bartlett stomped on that big play a moment ago to see if it pays off. Second and 13. Here's Gerber. Pistol. Looking to throw. Throwing near side. Slant pattern. Caught. Touchdown. And that is Caden Durham as he beat the Viking defender on the slant into the end zone for the Marietta touchdown. The extra point kick by Meagle was good, and the Tigers led 7 to nothing with 10.35 remaining in the second period. On the first play from scrimmage in the second drive, Normally sure-handed running back Joey Ramsey fumbles on his own 22-yard line, setting up this Gerber to Durham connection for the second time in the quarter. Snap back, 
looking to throw near side, floats it up. Virgil Myers was there, and Caden Durham goes up and takes it away from him on third and 15 and walks into the end zone for a 30-yard touchdown. What a play, Rube, by Caden Durham. Really, uh, Myers and Durham both go up for the pass, but uh, Virgil's a little bit of disbelief there as uh, Durham is able to come down with the catch for the uh, touchdown for the Tigers. Meagle connects on the extra point kick, and the Tigers led 14 to nothing with 8.55 remaining in the first half. The Vikings' next possession resulted in a three and out, and Marietta looking for the knockout punch by grabbing a three-score lead when Tyler Gerber capped an 11-play drive. Same formation once again. The pistol. Vikings showing pressure. They're going to run it near side, speed option, and he'll keep it. Gerber turns it up into the end zone for the two-yard touchdown run. And it's 20 to nothing, Marietta, as they're threatening to run away with this one. Meagle once again connects on the extra point kick, and the Tigers led the Vikings 21 to nothing. The Vikings clinging to some late life in the first half. Quarterback Ty Stevens marches the Viking offense 65 yards in just one minute and 24 seconds. Here comes a fade pattern near side. Parker Boyd with the catch in the near end zone. He goes up and grabs it, and the Vikings score with 10 seconds remaining and show some life here at Don Trump Stadium. You won't see a better pitch and catch route. Well, a nice thrown ball by uh, Ty Stevens there and a super catch there by Parker Boyd as he puts the Vikings on the scoreboard. Cochran then connects on the extra point kick and the Vikings trailed 21-7 to at halftime. After another multi-play drive, the Tigers look to extend their lead when Gerber finds Durham in the end zone for the third time of the night. Fourth and 16. Here's Gerber in the shotgun. Vikings showing pressure, looking to throw. Man-on-man coverage up the near side. Another push-off by the re- receiver, and he makes the catch. It's Caden Durham again as Wyatt Simon is beside himself, Ruben. I don't blame him. He was pushed in the back, and he fell to the turf. No Penalty call. Meagle's point after once again was good, and the Tigers increased their lead over the Vikings 28 to 7. The Vikings answered on their next drive when Ty Stevens finds Parker Boyd once again, this time from 25 yards out for his second TD of the night. Looking to throw again, Stevens flushed out of the pocket. Now throws, he's got a man far in zone. Caught Parker Boyd once again, coming up big for the Vikings. On a great delivery from Ty Stevens from 25 yards out, and the Vikings are back to within two scores. Katie Lawrence connects on the extra point, and the Vikings pulled back to within two scores with 4.33 remaining in the third period. Both teams would trade possessions throughout the majority of the fourth period when Zach Bartlett sealed the Vikings' fate when he intercepted a Ty Stevens pass and returned it 49 yards for the Marietta touchdown. The final score was 43-14, to dropping the Vikings' record to 1-3 and on the season, while the Marietta Tigers improved to 2-2. Two and two. This week, it will be the Oak Hill Red Devils in town for the first time in school history. Coach Sayer knows what a challenge this week's game will be for his team in dire need of a victory. The three games they've lost are all three ranked teams, two in the top uh, of the AAA rankings and one in the AA rankings. That's, uh, yes, they are a very good team, and they really have a lot of speed. Uh, they have multiple guys that can put it in the end zone from anywhere on the field. 
they run a basic wing T offense, but it has so much misdirection built into it that if you make a mistake, the next thing they're doing is kicking an extra point. And they have a heck of a kicker who you're responsible for, I guess. <laughs> and so anyway, but the, the, they are, now the one thing is they have given up some points. But again, the teams that they have played are excellent teams offensively. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, we've got a real challenge ahead of us. Now, all of that being said, our kids have practiced great. They've been resilient. We are going to get some of them back tonight. And, uh, you know, I really think we're going to come out here and give a great effort. The Ripley Viking countdown to kickoff will begin at 7 p.m. and kickoff set for 7.30. Join Brian Johnson, Jeff Waybright, and Phil Iman for all the homecoming action on C98 The Bull and streaming on Mountaintop Media. Mountaintop Media is the official live stream provider of Ripley High School Athletics. Mountaintop Media offers a variety of services, including logo design, photography, videography, audiovisual setup, consulting, and web design. If you're beginning your climb to the peak of success, Mountaintop Media has you covered. Mountaintop Media, your vision through our lens. Go to mtmedia304.com to learn more. He's the voice of Oak Hill High School, and although they are only one in three on the season, announcer Mel Reed says the Red Devils possess plenty of firepower. Oak Hill is averaging 34 points per game. On our podcast, our guest is Mel Reed, and he is the public address voice of the Oak Hill Red Devils. Mel, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Mel, the, uh, the, the Red Devils, uh, through their first four games, it looks like they have a knack for putting a lot of points on the scoreboard. It must be a, a fun team to watch this year. Oh, it's, 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 it's quite entertaining. Uh, they, they, have, uh, they, have, they have some uh, players on offense that can, that can really, uh, really fly. The, the team speed is, is, is that's, what's, that's what's really, uh, really noticeable. And at any time, on any play, they've been a- and they've shown the ability. They've been able to score this year, even on busted or broken plays, cutting across the grain. I mean, it's it's really, it, it's just really fun to watch. And um, you were telling me about a little bit of history of Oak Hill High School and how it is a combination of a couple different schools there in Fayette County, and uh, it has uh, actually an enrollment of about eleven hundred now. Yeah, just uh, 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 over eleven hundred. I don't know what the late, latest count is. We have we have students coming and going uh, a, a lot, but somewhere between eleven and twelve hundred is the latest count that I've seen. Yes. And, and Mel, how did you get involved with uh, announcing for the Red Devils? Well, uh, a few years ago, uh, the former principal, who's now the uh, director of operations here. And in the Fayette County, uh, Tim Payton, he was a principal at Oak Hill, and uh, uh, we had talked, uh, and I had previous PA announcing experience at, at my former uh, county, uh, Putnam County at Polka, and then later I coached, but uh, they, they needed someone to, uh, to step in emergency, and 
I did I did a couple games, and then the gentleman that was sick came back, and but then he retired. So I've been here for the last few years. So Mel, what kind of having a seen that you've had three home games so far this year? So tell me yes. what can we uh, what can we expect from from Oak Hill on Friday night? Well, uh, the uh, a lot like I said earlier, the, the, you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of speed, and uh, and and. Uh, the uh, it's just uh, you, you can't take your eye, you really can't when they, whenever the uh, the Red Devils have the ball you really can't take your eye off them because even if and you better you better keep watching until the official blows the whistle because uh, <laughs> it, they could uh, they could keep going and it and it's and this is more this has happened more than once but uh, but you'll definitely see a lot of a lot of movement. And uh, you'll you'll definitely be seeing uh, a lot of uh, we've got several different players that uh, that get in on the action. So. Mel, thank you so much for talking with me, and uh, hopefully the Vikings and Red Devils will have uh, a good game on Friday evening. Yes, I hope I hope it, uh, hope the weather cooperates, and it'll be a nice uh, be a nice evening. Ripley High's class of 1981 is having its 40th class reunion this weekend. The senior-dominated football team had one of the best defensive units ever to wear the blue and white. Defensive end Andy Robinson shares his Viking memories. Our guest on Viking 360 is Andy Robinson. And um, Andy was a graduate with a class of 1981, the football season of 1980, and what a season it was. The Vikings that year under head coach Frank Marino reeled off nine victories, only one loss on the season. Andy, that had to be a fun time to be involved with uh, Viking football. Oh, it was a great time. We, uh, you know, we did go, we did go nine and one. Um, we lost a heartbreaker, you know, just by a point, and uh, it was kind of sad when we lost that. And I, you know, we missed going to the playoffs by like one tenth of a point, some crazy small margin about going to the playoffs. But uh, yeah, we had a great defense. Um, our defense pretty much played together um, for you know four years. He had us as a scout defense, so yeah, we had a really good defensive uh, unit there as well. So. And uh, even in the game that you lost, it was only by, uh, uh, as you mentioned, one point at 7-6 to six in a game played uh, down at uh, beautiful Mitchell Stadium uh, in Bluefield, and it went right down to the wire. And uh, it, was, it was a heartbreaker, but uh, it was a great football game indeed. Yes, it was. Yeah, I believe uh, Paul Wine scored uh, on an interception. And uh, we went to uh, do a two-point conversion and didn't didn't make it. So they scored and kicked an extra point and beat us. All right, and and Andy, you had a your own little niche during your football career. If anyone in Viking football history is remembered for the the scoop and scores, it would have to be Andy Robinson. And uh, tell us about that. You had a knack. Uh, or a skill, if you will, for being in the right place at the right time uh, when it came to returning uh, fumbles for for touchdowns. Yeah, that um, typically would happen in the backfield. Uh, my junior year, we had several games that poured the rain and it made the ball extra slippery. And the first uh, the first uh, football fumble that I recovered for a touchdown was eighty five yards. 
Then I think the next game, I got a 65-yard almost the exact same way. Quarterback missed the, the handoff to the to the running back, and it literally bounced up into my hands. So, and it was just like a gift. And I, in my career, I had six of those. One of those got called back. It would have been a state record, but uh, uh-huh. it was a blocked punt, and uh, he got called back because of some crazy thing that. Of course, Coach Molina went nuts. He he didn't agree with the call, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and Andy, uh, your your family, uh, men, namely uh, your father, um, was involved with Viking football uh, as the team chaplain for a number of years, and and you somewhat followed in in your father's footsteps. I guess that's right. Um, eventually, when I got out of college, of course, I went to WVU. I played one year up there until I blew my knee out. But uh, when I got out of college, um, of course, I'm a geologist by profession. Um, I followed in my father's footsteps uh, uh, preaching the gospel. As a matter of fact, when I was in college, I did a lot of um, fellowship with Christian athletes uh, meetings where I would actually be guest speaker. And uh, so that's how I got started. And you're at a church in Mount Altar now, I understand. Uh, yes, sir. I've been there for 30 years. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, congratulations. Hopewell Baptist Church. Well, thank you. Yes, it's Hopewell Baptist Church at Mount Altar. And Hopewell is a very historic church. Yes, it is. It's been there since uh, 1854. Andy, thank you very much for uh, sharing uh, the great story of Viking football 1980 and for, for sharing your story as well. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate that, Rick. And let me say one more thing real quick, if it's okay. Our defense, I mean, we've had a great offense, too. I'm just talking from defense because I played on the defensive team. We gave up 58 points that year, and six of them were scored against offense. So we only gave up 52 points the whole year. So we did have a heck of a defense. So. That's pretty, pretty incredible. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. Caught his first and his second career touchdown passes last week at Marietta, but all he wants this week is a homecoming victory. Here's sophomore Parker Boyd. Welcome back to Ripley High School. Joined now by sophomore receiver, defensive back Parker Boyd. Parker, thanks for being with me. Thank you. Big game uh, Friday night for you up at Marietta, man. Uh, you really made yourself uh, an offensive weapon for this team. With a lot of guys out with injury. You came up with two big-time plays for touchdowns to keep us hanging around. Uh, yeah, I just had to go out there and do something, try to get my team back in the game and keep us ready to uh, just try to get a comeback. Your length, man, your long arms and, and your speed uh, really proved itself. Uh, you went up above uh, a little bit smaller defensive back and made those catches. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Is that something you do a lot in practice? Is that something you and, and Ty have worked on in the offseason? Uh, yes, a little bit in offseason. I come down here and work out with Ty a little bit. Uh, yeah, like – Having a little bit of tall on other guys just helps me out a good bit. And long arms, just reach over for kids and always jump up there and get the ball at the highest point. You're not going to get any double coverage if you get uh, Isaiah back, you get Elijah back, you get Blake back. Hopefully all those guys will be back this week. If they are uh, and we spread it out a little bit, you ought to have some opportunities and some one-on-one coverages. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Hoping to get out here and make a few more plays for my team, trying to get a good bit of catches each game what did it feel like man when that was over with and uh, i know you lost and uh, but in the moment to make those catches in a in a big uh, game that, that kept us hanging around in both of them uh, just inside how are you feeling 
Uh, it felt great getting my first varsity touchdown. Uh, then come back and then doing it again two times just made it even better. Parker, thanks for the time. Best of luck the rest of the way, man. Thank you. The Lady Vikings soccer team is off to a good start under head coach Jay Pearson, and junior Michaela Riston is one of the reasons why. So you guys off to a pretty good start. Uh, you're five and three right now. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the Lady Vikings soccer team and uh, what you've accomplished so far to this point in the season, and, and then what you hope to do uh, as uh, we meet, reach the uh, midpoint season as, as you look forward to possibly a playoff run. Yeah, so we are a very dedicated, hardworking team, and I love the girls. We're like family. We're always there for each other on and off the field. Is something uh, we are off to a great start. Um, those uh, teams that are, that we lost to, we're definitely learning from it, and we're working hard to come back stronger for whenever we make it to sectionals so that we can beat them and go to states and hopefully win that. And um, we don't let up, and we try really hard no matter yep. what. You're a junior, so you're one of the junior uh, leaders on this team, but there's also five seniors on here. Uh, talk a little bit about them, how important they are to your success. They are really important. Uh, they are great role models of how we should play and how we should act. They definitely put forth the effort, and we they keep us on track uh, on practices and in games and stuff, and they always are there to support us and give us help when we need it. So it's really good. A tough loss for you guys the last time out uh, against uh, Parkersburg South at home. Uh, but you do uh, – you're scheduled to play again on Thursday night down at George Washington. I'm sure you guys are, are itching to get back out there. We definitely are. It's been a while since we had a game, since like last Thursday or something. Um, but we've had practice, so hopefully we can beat them. So you told me you play striker and midfield. So explain uh, what your responsibilities are uh, on the field at, at either of those positions. All right. So striker – I, like, make runs up the field. I um, try to score, of course. Uh, sometimes it doesn't happen like that, but I try. Um, <laughs> um, just, like, making plays, being there up top to get the ball, to hopefully get it down the field and score and stuff. Midfield is definitely the most running position on the field. If you ask me, it's you're everywhere. You're trying to make runs. You're trying to get – plays go in you're trying to also like you can also like score and stuff um and, and you're like trying to defend and attack like it's just it's pretty much everything midfield how many miles would you guess you run in in any one week when you factor in practice and games and uh i mean you have to be in fantastic shape you also must be able to eat whatever you want because you have to be burning tons of calories Man, I wish that was true, but <laughs> no, but we do, we do run a lot. Like there's not a drill or like practice that we don't run maybe three miles. Uh, and that's not even counting on the practices that we run straight two miles and then do our drills and stuff. So we probably like three to five miles of practice. And then I don't know how much in a game, a lot though. <laughs> probably better off to not know right <laughs> yeah yeah because it would be like oh gosh i'm tired so uh let's talk a little bit about you for a minute uh any quirky uh superstitions you have before games uh what maybe might you listen to a specific song before a game that gets you going or 
Uh, maybe you uh, wear your socks on the wrong feet or whatever it might be. <laughs> you, you got any strange superstitions before games? Um, I don't know. I love listening to music. Like, I like getting my blood pumping. Um, I love the thing that gets us pumped is our coach, uh, Coach Jay. He, he's like, who are we? And we scream Lady Vikes. They're like, <laughs> uh, what are we going to do? Win. Like, and stuff like that. And that gets us, that gets us going real good. And I really like that. But like, listen to music, him yelling and screaming and stuff. And we're screaming back. And it's just, that's well, fun. Michaela, congratulations on a great start so far here in 2021. And uh, let's encourage the fans to come out and watch you guys. Uh, you yes. guys are, are a fantastic team. So, I encourage everyone to go out, uh, you know, go find their schedule, go check them out because it's a, it's a great product. We'll put a fight for up for you guys. Michaela, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck the rest of the way, and uh, we look forward to seeing uh, what unfolds for you guys this year. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's a big weekend coming up for Ripley High senior Tori Fisher. Not only is she competing in the huge Covered Bridge Cross-Country Invitational at Cedar Lakes, her grandfather, Gene Fisher, is being inducted Friday in the Viking Football Hall of Fame. All right, we're talking with the Lady Viking Senior Cross-Country runner, Tori Fisher. Tori, thanks a lot for being with us. Well, thank you. And you have a big uh, cross-country event coming up this Saturday, the Covered Bridge Invitational yep. here at Cedar Lakes. And yep. Tori, you're going to have a lot of the top teams in the state uh, coming here. I understand between the middle school and the high school, there may be close to 1,000 runners here on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it, it's a pretty big meet, <laughs> that's for sure. Okay, and what does it mean to, uh, as a, you know, Ripley has a pretty good team. You're ranked mm -hmm. number four in the state right now. Yeah. To have all these top teams who are coming here to run on your home course. Um, I mean, I'm just really excited for the competition and everyone just putting their heart out on the line. Um, it, having everyone, like the big um, schools here, really helps us to know like where our placement's going to be when States comes around and like where we need to be work, um, when States is here to where we are right now. So it can help us with practices and so forth and so on. Okay, Tori, uh, a spectator at Cedar Lake, so they get to see all this nice flat, flat uh course but once you get out of sight uh, from the spectators it's quite a different course tell it is us about so that. different what we tell us about what we can't see well obviously you can see the big cheese which is our major hill um it's it's very rolling back there that is for sure like some coaches you'll see coaches up there sometimes and they're like yelling for their runners and we're like i don't know how you beat us up here but go you and i mean that back lake uh, it's supposed to rain all this week so i'm sure it's gonna be muddy i'm sure girls are gonna slip and slide everywhere i'm sure you're gonna get hit um but it is it's not like that easy it's really difficult to get off the hill after you get on it because it's just it's so rolling okay and then it's an interesting and a unique uh, conclusion to the race yeah. because the last, what, 200 yards, mm -hmm. you get to have the opportunity to run across uh, the covered bridge. And yeah. it's one of only 17 covered bridges remaining in the state of West Virginia. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, who else gets to run across a bridge, <laughs> you know? So. Right, and Tori, you're a senior this year. Yeah. And tell us, uh, have you thought about what you might want to do uh, after uh, Ripley High? Um, yeah, so I'm definitely going to go to college and do long jump. Um, I'm thinking right now my option is West Lib because they have a scholarship for me there. 
Um, so hopefully I do really good this track season and I just get to keep my scholarship that they have kind of offered me. And I hope I just do tremendous things in college. All right, Tori, good luck in Saturday's race and beyond. All righty, thank you. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.